Welcome back to the Michigan podcast, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to women's sports at the greatest university in the world, the University of Michigan. I'm Zan. He's Darbs. Let's just jump right into it because we've got a new Big Ten champion amongst us. That would be our tennis team. As we talked about in the previous, uh, one of our previous episodes, they were uh, at the Big Ten tournament, which was in Iowa. Um, at the University of Iowa, and we were talking a little bit about how they recently played at Iowa and maybe used to the surroundings and whatnot, and uh, it seems like that paid off. It paid off in spades. They uh, had three matches because they got first round by as the second seed in the tournament. Their first matchup was against Maryland, who they defeated quite handily 4-1. Up next was Northwestern, which was a bit of a scary situation. Northwestern uh, won the doubles points. They went ahead one zip. But luckily, Jaden Brown, Nicole Hammond, and Andrea Serdan all won in straight sets to send Michigan up three to one. Then Carrie Miller and Gala Mesachiritu both lost. Tying it up at three, which brought it all down to Julia Flagner, and she won it in dramatic fashion. Michigan beat Northwestern four to three onto the finals against number 10 Ohio State, who had beat Michigan four three on April 1st, giving Michigan its only Big Ten loss of the season. And Michigan shut them out, won 4-0. Brown and Flagner, and then Miller and Serdan won the two doubles matches to get the doubles point. And then Carrie Miller, Jaden Brown, and Julia Flagner won their singles matches, and that was all she wrote. The other singles matches were abandoned. Michigan takes home the hardware. Yeah, when they played Ohio State back on April 1st, Ohio State was ranked number eight in the nation, and uh, they weren't too different this time, uh, number 10 in the nation when they they faced them in the Big Ten Championship um, match. So good on them to, to come back and, and defeat a team that kicked their butt, <laughs> kicked their butt um, down in Columbus, uh, you know, a month ago. You know, it was a 4-3 loss. A month ago, so it was a very competitive match. But to just dominate Ohio State in, in the Big Ten title game was Beautiful. amazing. And I, I actually watched some of the Northwestern and some of the Ohio State matches because they were both on Big Ten Plus. And it was the first time I had watched any of the team play this year. And I mean, this is a good team. This is, I, I wish that this team had been on TV more. They deserve to have been on TV more with the way that they were playing and the way they played all year. I mean, they're 19 and they have a 19 and five record. They're shoe wins for the, obviously, they're shoe wins for the NCAA tournament. And the NCAA tournament is campus sites. So I'm hopeful that they're on, that they're playing in Ann Arbor to hopefully be on TV again on Big Ten BTN Plus. Yeah, and the speaking of the NCAA tournament, the uh the um 
selection. It's selection Monday for, for the tennis team, but that is, as we record, that is tomorrow. That's Monday, May 2nd at 6.30 uh, Eastern. So pretty quick here, we're going to find out uh, where the tennis team is going, and hopefully it's just down the street. <laughs> And uh, and they host and uh, you know we who knows we you get home home court advantage and uh, you're in the NCAA tournament anything can happen anything can happen with a good team especially which this team proved that they were and we'd also as we have done in the past want to give recognition to the men's tennis team who who won the Big Ten tournament as well. We like to give credit to and recognition to every Michigan team that succeeds. And they did it today as well. So congratulations to them joining the women's team. That's a clean sweep of Big Ten titles for the tennis program. It's it's official. Michigan is a tennis school. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, want, I want them to start having center – like. I don't know, midfield, kind of like center court, like in in the big house. I want to, I want, oh my God. Could you imagine that? If they had a tennis meet in the big house, (laughs) that would be amazing. I don't even know why this never occurred to me. Like we need to see more of our teams, men's and women's play. Like we've seen it in hockey. Sure. Lacrosse Lacrosse used to play. Yeah, lacrosse used to um, until they got their own stadium. We need to start seeing some out-of-the-box thinking with some of our sports. Now, you, I don't think you can do that with golf. But who knows? You know, get creative. Uh, get creative. I like I don't it. Oh, tennis, tennis in the big house. That would be – that'd be really interesting. Well, there is one sport that definitely cannot play in the big house, and that is the rowing team. <laughs> hey, no, hey. maybe. Maybe. They maybe. What's <laughs> – Let's get creative again. <laughs> they could just flood it like they did the Coliseum. Yeah. So they could have they could have boat races. Yeah. All right. Now you're really thinking outside the Let's box. Let's go. Let's do it. I stand corrected. <laughs> so the number six ranked rowing team welcomed Louisville to their home waters. And where are those home waters, Darbs? Lake Belleville. Or is it Belleville Lake? Oh, I should know this. Uh, it's Belleville, Michigan, which is, uh, for those of you that don't know, it's about 20 minutes east of uh, Ann Arbor, kind of between Ann Arbor and Detroit Metro Airport. Why Why? and why Belleville? I don't have that answer. <laughs> well, why Louisville decided to show up for this regatta, I don't have an answer for that either because – it was senior day for the rowing team, and they did not lose an event. The varsity eight, I'm sorry, the first varsity eight beat uh, Louisville's first varsity eight by 24 seconds, which <laughs> is a lifetime in the rowing world. Uh, second varsity eight won by that's that would be 19 seconds. <laughs> Second varsity eight won by 19 seconds. First varsity four won by 21 seconds. And then the second varsity four and third varsity four 
races were competed only by Michigan boats. Win by default. So Michigan won all of those. <laughs> but then Louisville's third varsity eight went up against Michigan's <laughs> second novice eight. And Michigan won that race too. So this was an all around great day for senior day for the rowing team going into, I guess it would be the big 10 championship uh, later in May. But the other significant part of the day was that head coach Mark Rothstein celebrated his 30th year at the helm of the once crew now rowing team at Michigan. I don't even think that the program has been varsity for 30 years. Yeah, I don't I don't believe so either. Cuz it was a so, both both men's and women's rowing or crew was a club sport when when right. we were in school, right? Or it was just becoming varsity or or something like that. I believe that the crew team went varsity women's crew team went varsity in 97, 98. So, Oh, okay. So, so, he, so, so coach Rothstein took the team from club status to varsity status. And he has been with the team every year that it has been a varsity uh, sport. So yeah. congratulations to him and congratulations you, to the rowing team. Did you see but, where it said on MGO blue that he was given an or that was engraved with his accomplishments as the Michigan head coach. Um, it was like his accomplishments were like, I don't know, chiseled out of this ore <laughs> on the blade of the ore. But I'm, I'm picturing like a gold plated. I don't know what he actually got. I'm just kind of envisioning like this gold plated ore with like, you know, when you see a trophy and the way that names are etched in a trophy, like all of his accomplishments etched in, in this gold. Probably wasn't that extravagant, but still, that's just kind of a cool, cool way to commemorate 30 years um, at at Michigan. I think it was the same way that Maui signed his oar and gave it to Moana, chiseled (laughs) his name right in there, gave it to Moana. All right, so let's move on to the uh, lacrosse team. 21st ranked lacrosse team uh, welcomed the fourth ranked Maryland Terrapins to Ann Arbor for their senior day. Darbs, you told us that you were going to try and make it to the game. Uh, making it to the game did not go well. It didn't. <laughs> it didn't happen, unfortunately. I. I think I remember. I think I said I was non-committal. I wanted to go, uh, but I Correct. said life, hap- life happens, and it was a little bit of a busy Saturday, and unfortunately, I didn't go. I was. This kind of goes to what we've talked about with like some of these sports being televised. I was really hoping to try to catch it on. Big Ten Network. Oh, wait, it wasn't on Big Ten Network when you had uh, our, you know, ranked our 21st ranked women's lacrosse team hosting number four in the nation, Maryland. Uh, it seems like it should have been a big deal and should have been on Big Ten Network without streaming or anything like that. Unfortunately, it wasn't. So uh, I did keep track via social media and MGO Blue, of course, to see what transpired. Well, Darby, what amazing event superseded and took precedence over number four, Maryland coming into number 21, Michigan lacrosse. I don't know. Some spring game of some other team in the conference, whatever it was. It was Minnesota's spring game. Okay. 
big big okay. viewership for that, I'm sure. So unfortunately, uh, lacrosse dropped a relatively close at times game, 13 to eight. It was a back and forth game. Uh, I will give credit the team they fought, but Maryland is the fourth ranked team in the country for a reason, and they just showed it. Now, the unfortunate part here is that not every team makes the Big Ten tournament, and Michigan did not make the cut for the Big Ten tournament. So now they have to wait and see if they can if uh, they're going to make the NCAA tournament, not having played in the Big Ten tournament. They're yeah. ranked 21st, but I, that might be a tough hill to climb. Yeah, they're ten and six on the season overall. They were they were two and four in the conference. Um, odd to only play that few conference uh, matches uh, games, but yeah, I after that loss is, is when I went and checked what their what their record was overall and kind of looked at that. And I, was, I I'm I'm worried about them, and it's it's odd saying that when they're ranked nationally um, that I'm worried about them making the NCAA tournament, but um, that's the case especially since they don't get to play in the Big Ten tournament. Right, so that's their last game, and now we wait. So yeah, while we wait for that, the other thing that stood out to me about their record that I found really interesting was they had a 1-5 home record and a 7-1 away record. We have a brand-new, beautiful lacrosse stadium at Michigan. I, I, don't, I think it's two years, three years, four years, something like that old. I have gone by the stadium during games and the crowd there is loud. Um, and they, they get a pretty good crowd for, for lacrosse games, both men's, men's and women's do. To use, to not be able to use that home field advantage and have a better record than one and five was just really startling to me. It, it was really surprising. Yeah, for sure. There is a bit of a caveat or a bit of, a bit of an asterisk to that in that they played Detroit Mercy and Arizona State in Pontiac. Right. I did because, forget about that. Because they started the season in February and Pontiac has an indoor uh, lacrosse arena, whereas Michigan does not. Michigan's is an outdoor field. So, yes, that's true. Their Ann Arbor games, the records were terrible, but they did play outside of Ann Arbor in the state where they won. So even even worse than, okay, so apparently the Detroit Mercy game did not count as a home meet for some reason or a home game for some reason, but the Arizona State game did, and that one was in Pontiac. So in their own lacrosse stadium on campus, they didn't win a game, which is just – Really surprising. So the one they won was actually up in up in Pontiac against Arizona State. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know what exactly what that says. It, again, teams nationally ranked. It doesn't take anything away from them. But I I just think they have this this stadium that's dedicated to their sport and uh, couldn't couldn't pull out a victory at home this season. Well, you're absolutely right. But I think that this may have played a very significant role in the losses in Ann Arbor. Those losses were to number 11 ranked Denver, number four ranked Northwestern, number 17 ranked USC, 
Ohio State in a bizarre game where they went down four zip in the first quarter. And then number four ranked Maryland. So lots of ranked teams and uh, rival. I'm not making excuses for it. You got to win these games, of course. But they had a very tough home schedule this year. Yeah, yeah, very true, very true. All right, so let's move on to the softball team who finished up a weekend series hosting Minnesota, including Senior Day yesterday. And Darbs, did you get a chance to watch any of these games? I did. I watched all of the Sunday game, the third game um, in the series of the weekend against Minnesota. Um, again, as I as I keep shouting out the social media teams, but I was able to keep up with um, the first two games on social media due to the great job that the social media teams do for, for all of our sports. And as we talked about two podcasts ago, when we were talking about the softball team, they had not yet won a three game series swept a sweet a three game series in conference play this season, and that streak remains. They dropped the first game to Minnesota 3-2, then one on Saturday and Sunday. The Saturday game, if you don't like pitchers' duels <laughs> or low-scoring softball games, you were not going to like this one. Michigan won one zip, and the frustrating part about this game was that Michigan had five hits, but they also left 10 runners stranded on base. Stop me if you've heard this one before, but one, one zero. Yeah. But I mean, fortunately in that game, and again, as you mentioned, kind of a pitcher's dual defensive struggle, um, Minnesota also left 10, 10 runners on base, um, in this game. So it was, uh, it took some effort to scratch out that one run between the two teams uh, to, to come up with the win there. But win's a win, right? Win's a win. And uh, when you've got Alex Straco on the mound, you know, you're not asking much from your, all, your bats. And she didn't need much. One run was all it needed for her to get the win, get Michigan the win, and on to Sunday. And if you like offensive Softball <laughs> Sunday was the day for you. Well, and it was it was just a wild game too because it was back and forth throughout. Um, it, it was just crazy turns throughout that where it looked like Michigan and you know after the third inning was up three nothing and it looked like okay they're going to dominate this, and then over the next two innings, Minnesota came out, hit back to back home runs. Uh, I, in fact, I even think it was back-to-back pitches, if I remember correctly. And suddenly, we we found ourselves down by one to Minnesota, four to three. And then the bottom of the fifth happened for for Michigan, and that that essentially took care of business. But just a wild, like back and forth game, and that's that's what made it so entertaining. The back-to-back Minnesota home runs were the type of home run where as soon as ball left bat, you knew that that thing was not coming down for a while. I mean, those were launches and you know, you don't see it often when uh, Alex Straco gives up long balls like that, 
But as they have done, the team fought back. They were up 3-1, like you said. Then they were down 4-3. Then the bottom of the fifth game, and they scored four runs of their own. Uh, on the game, Michigan won 8-4 to four with uh, three home runs. Christina Burkhart had her first home run for Michigan. And then Lexi Blair and Kiki Thol had the other two. So Michigan fought, and they fought well on senior day. Now, the fun and interesting fact about softball versus baseball rules is that Megan Bobian started the game at, at pitcher, and she did not last very long at all. She lasted uh, one and a third inning. Alex Straco came in and pitched the majority of the game. And then Megan came back in to finish the game, to get the final two strikeouts of the game. And Straco got the win, but uh, Megan started and finished the game. The, the interesting thing with that, and I, I don't know if this was Hutch's intention, but when Bobian was pulled in the second inning, she emotionally was rough. When, when she was pulled out, you the, the broadcast showed she was in tears in the dugout. And I don't know if, I don't know exactly what it was. I don't know if she just was mad that she was pulled. I don't know if she just knew that she didn't have it today. Um, but the interesting thing is, is putting her back in to finish the game. I hope help restore some of that confidence and, and turn those emotions around uh, for, her as we, you know, start approaching the, the postseason after this next series that's coming up. So, I like to think we. I think we know that Hutch is a little bit of a magician when it comes to coaching, and I'm, I'm kind of hoping that that was that was part of it. Like they're going to need Megan Bobian going forward, and we can't we can't have her end this game in rough emotions the way the way that she did. So, well well done by by Hutch. I also like to think that it was Hutch saying that's not how you're going to finish your career at Alumni Field, right? I'm going to get you back in this game. We've got a four-run lead. Go and go back there, do what you do, and then I and I know you can do. And she did it. And so she left on a good note rather than a very very bad note. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed this um, when watching the game or from the stats or anything, but um, Michigan as a whole, as a team um, at bat, walked or at, in plate appearance, walked three times, all by one player who our friend Taylor Bump walked all three times. And all I could think of was they're scared of her. That, and she knew that she was going to have to uh, give us some credit for any uh, home runs that she hit. <laughs> and she almost had one. Yeah, that last at bat, almost. Just a little under it. Right there. And then just a little too much under it. I believe, I believe right when I hit the bat, I yelled, get out! get out of the park it didn't get out of the park <laughs> it didn't but it, it it wanted to so michigan uh won the weekend series two to one finishing up their home stand or their home games for the season so the interesting thing I, I, you know we've, we've seen some up and ups and downs with this team throughout the season and i know you commented as we start talking about softball here about them not winning you know a three game set in conference um, this year, but if you look at the last four series, all of the last four Big Ten series, 
have been Michigan has won those series two games to one essentially. And so they are doing at least more winning than losing here. And again, I'm, I'm starting to think, yeah, they travel Wisconsin yet for a, for a series, but the postseason's right around the corner with big 10 and, and NCAAs. And if they can at least keep this, the, the needle more on the winning side, than then on the losing side, they are going to be a tough out um, when it comes to turning time. It's a good point that you make because none of the NCAA games are one one and done games like they are in you know hockey and yes. basketball. Well, there's a, there's the regional. You have the regional, which is double elimination. Then you move on to the super regional, which is a I believe a, usually a three game uh, series with one other team before you move on to the College World Series. So yeah, I mean you win a majority of your games in the NCAA tournament and you're going on to the college world series. Right. Right. So you don't have to worry about sweeping a series. You just have to win more games than you lose. And that's what they've been doing. So that's a really good point that you made. All right. So what do we have to look forward to in the week ahead? All right. So I don't think there's anything until the weekend. And I think we've got softball's got the weekend series against Wisconsin. Water polo has its first NCAA game against Cal at home at home. So if you're in Ann Arbor, go support yeah, that's, the team. Uh, that's uh, Friday, May 6th, 6 p.m. at the, uh, the natatorium on campus. The tennis team starts their NCAAs on Saturday. And hopefully Sunday, we will know where they're playing and who they're playing on Monday evening. If water polo continues on, if they win on Friday, we continue on over the weekend. And Uh, women's track and field at home. The Len Paddock Open, 10 a.m. on Saturday the 7th. All right. So. We're coming down to the end of the sports season, but we still have some games and matches left. So we will still be covering them and we want the best for all of the teams. Darbs, any last words? As always, go blue. Always go blue from me too. This has been the Michigan podcast, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to women's sports at the greatest university in the world. The University of Michigan, thanks for listening. We had a blast doing it. We hope you enjoyed listening with us. We'll do it again next week.